I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town podcast. In episode 71 of the Food About Town podcast, I talked with my good friend Chris Clemens from exploringupstate.com about how we enjoy food and drink differently from one another. Uh, We've talked about this a lot off the podcast, and I thought it'd be an interesting discussion for everybody to hear. I know I I have a lot of strong opinions on how things should be done when it comes to food and drink. And it was interesting to get a different perspective on that. I know I'm, I tend to be critical, uh, constructive, but critical, and I tend to be less emotional about things. So it was a interesting conversation about that. We went in plenty of tangents as well. So if you want a random IMDb search, a little talk about Buffalo restaurants, and I think I gave a little update about where I'm at right now as well. So um, hope you enjoy this episode. And Chris is one of my favorite recurring guests on the podcast so definitely give him a follow on his social media and you can find his website exploringupstate.com he goes to some amazing places all around upstate and if you want to take a step back listen to our Utica episode a little while back we talked about our trip enjoying uh, enjoying refugee and immigrant food in Utica so definitely follow Chris and uh, let us know if you enjoyed this episode uh, I am at Stromy on Twitter and Instagram, Food About Town on Facebook. Thanks for listening. with more podcasting delightment for your enjoyment on i'd say this is for ours yeah hopefully hopefully for ours too um it's kind of a perfect spring morning it's beautiful out yeah Yeah. it's it's in the 50s and it's sunny and delightful delightful easter weekend yeah so i'm here with my regular podcast counterpart (laughs) mr chris clemens hey everyone Good morning. Good morning. Am I? Is it safe to say that uh, I am the most recurring? I, I'd say you're. Uh, I'd say you're a recurring character. Yeah, a re- you're a recurring oh, character. I'm definitely a character. Yeah. Recurring character. I'd say in the in the credits you'd be and also starring a hell of you know, character. The, yeah, be like the last one in the credits. <laughs> the first ones, you know, the, the, the last right. They're the people on all the time, and then there's the ones like. And also starring Chris Clemens. Here I am. Right. The wacky neighbor reaches head over the fence. Wishing <laughs> not that far away. <laughs> no, actually, I... Oh, I don't have a fence, though. That's true. I have a fence. 
I'll look over your fence. Yeah, it's a tall fence, though. All right. Short <laughs> jokes are already out of the gate. I see how this is going to go. Oh, so I didn't know how my energy was going to be, but now that we're into this, this, this is feeling good. It's feeling there it right. Is. Yeah. It's feeling nice. So um, I brought Chris over today to uh, talk about something we've talked about a lot in person, but we haven't talked about it on the podcast before. We talk a which lot. Is, yeah, which is our tastes and how they're different. Because um, they definitely are. We do have very different tastes. Yeah, well, which... I, yeah, we probably have different. I don't know how taste is defined, but we, I think we have different um, approaches yeah. to how we enjoy things. Yeah, enjoy the food and drink in our lives. And I think generally, I think that's the case. Yeah. Not just food and drink. <laughs> just all, it is. I think it's everything. People are wondering, like, why do they hang out then? Yeah, but, you know, it's I, I like the differences. Differences in people is... What makes life interesting? Yeah, a, a lot of the things that I have been introduced to um, that I've discovered that I enjoyed were the result of hanging out with someone who liked something else and introduced me to it, except mayonnaise. Except mayonnaise. We, we've tried to introduce that to him. I mean, I don't like it either, but I mean, there's... You did force it on me. I did, yeah, yeah. which I felt really good about. <laughs> Even though I don't like it, I think forcing <laughs> it on you is the good move. Yeah, well, I think people appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, there was our condiment podcast a while back. That's right. That was fun. Yeah, a couple years, maybe. Is it? Jeez, I don't remember maybe. when that was. I don't know. I have a, tor- a terrible sense of time. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun, though. We tasted a bunch of condiments, mm-hmm. and mayonnaise was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I think you still hated it. I still hate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but, but we're not we're not here to talk about mayonnaise. What, no, but uh, to start out real quick, you always have people on your podcast, and you start right out with talking to them about what they're doing. We never really get to hear about what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't want to talk about myself that much. <laughs> <laughs> it's your show, but what are you doing? Because you do a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, right now, geez, what am I doing right now? Um, I've been working on Frankly a lot, which I've been enjoying, and... Um, I've, I've put I, some. I know. You, I know you've been working very hard on Frankly. Yeah, actually. and I, I've put some. I've put some notices in the podcast about Frankly. Yep. And um, if you are listening, I it would appreciate if you check it out and maybe gives me some feedback on what we're doing right now. Um, we're trying to be the um, be transparency in food and drink sourcing. So when a restaurant puts a chalkboard up in the restaurant, we're going to be one stop shop to find out where your restaurants get your. Uh, get all the products they sell, where they buy their f- stuff from farms, what specialty goods they buy. Put it all in one place. So you can try and pick restaurants on something different than just reviews. Interesting. Yeah. So that's P-H-R-A-N-K-L-Y. Um, yeah, and if you guys do check it out, I would appreciate it. So will you be getting into uh, policing their their menus at all? So there have been times when I've gone to some place and they're like, we serve Zweigel's Hots, and I bite in. I'm like, there's no way this is Zweigel's hot. Yeah, no, I don't think we're going to police, but it might be, you know, the farms saying, hey, we don't sell to these guys anymore. Yeah. And because everything that shows up on the restaurant's page shows up that the far- on the farm's page that they're selling to that restaurant. Okay. Everything gets cross-linked. So I can go to, was it, the Seven Bridges Farm? Yep. And I can see where they sell their products to, and I can go and eat them in a restaurant. Correct. Or I can go to a restaurant and find out, hey, they get their meat from Seven Bridges Farm. Absolutely correct. Okay. And that's a great example. I mean, some place like the the Playhouse, for example, sources yeah. from Seven Bridges Farm. And, you know, if they decide, they say, hey, we're sourcing from Seven Bridges, it'll show up on 
Seven Bridges page as well. Cool. So it's automatically cross-linked, which I think is the real joy of using it. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, how deep are you guys getting in their menu? You're talking um, about like onions. We're and... not to, and we're not to individual items yet. Okay. So we're we're working on that functionality. Um, well, I would think it would be exhausting. It would be. Um, and but that's the thing. Eventually, all the restaurants are going to be doing their own. Restaurants and farms will do their own. Uh, page management. Okay. So kind of like if you picture a Yelp where they list menu items or where they um, update their own information, very much like that. Okay. Uh, just a different concept altogether. Cool. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a really interesting experience, um, and I've learned a lot going out and talking to restaurants and farms about what they need. And I think that for me, it's kind of been an eye opener dealing with you know different people on this level. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned a lot more about the business, and I've really enjoyed it. So that's been a it's been a great experience so far. So one more question that I'm curious about, and maybe Thank people you, Mr. listening Podcast are host. also. I'm going to topsy turvy this on you. <laughs> <laughs> What's the region you're looking at? National. National, right Absolutely. out of the gate. Uh, no, we're we're starting. We're starting in Rochester. I've started working with Buffalo places. I was going to say the last time you and I saw each other face to face, we happened to be in Buffalo at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I was running around Buffalo that day, talking to different businesses, um, and we ran into each other at uh, Tipico Coffee. Yeah, in Buffalo, which is uh, for Rochester people, I'd say analogous to Ugly Duck Coffee. It's a multi roaster. Yeah, um, and they're in. What, what I don't even know what neighborhood that is. I'm, you know, I'm bad I don't with know Buffalo if it's still Allentown. Um, I know it's near Allentown, yeah. but I don't know if it's still considered the Allentown. <clears throat> yeah, I'm still uh, bad with Buffalo neighborhoods. I need to get better. Buffalo neighborhoods are weird. Yeah, I don't know if it's just because I'm from Rochester and I didn't grow up there. But as much as ta- as much time as I spend in Buffalo, I still need a GPS a lot of the time. Yeah, it's very odd. Like you know, it's well, you become very comfortable where you're at. So Rochester neighborhoods are that's what we know now. Sure, but um, it's easy to find my way around Syracuse. Really? See, I, I would be completely lost in Syracuse too, yeah. but I have no I have no map ability in my head. So Buffalo started do you know um uh the square right in front of City Hall? So why don't you educate me, Mr. Professor? Well <laughs> what I was, that that's essentially where Buffalo started. Okay. The very, very first settlement of Buffalo was that um, stretch of land and it was a circle and from there they sort of went out okay but you couldn't go west because the lake is there yeah that would be difficult yeah so the layout of all the roads from that section um is kind of weird yeah so i've always chalked it up to that yeah it's it's an it's an interesting city to go around and i i love i love exploring buffalo right now it's it's a fascinating town and i the food scene there is truly fantastic what's a place in Buffalo that you're really excited about for food? Ooh, I'd say, I'd say number one. Oh, geez, number one is probably it could be a number three. Yeah, but I'd say the the big three that I'd say you really need to go to are Tutant, which is Southern style, more uh, New Orleans style oh. cooking. Um, Etouffee. N- they crawfish. definitely they do some of that stuff. Uh, they do like some fantastic fried chicken. It's a lot of low country recipes. Okay. And it's it's a really awesome place. They do a lot of local sourcing. It's fantastic. They local source all their alligator? Uh they tr- I think they, they deal with it's like uh, Lake Placid. You know, it's that big one. <laughs> that movie Lake Placid. 
<laughs> not that, not the one that alligator would uh, feed like New York for years. Yeah, at least the demand's not very high for alligator. That, that here. movie was terrible. It was really bad. Yeah, and it wasn't the way plastic was it, in the was around. Betty White in that? I think she might have been. I think Betty White was in that. That was but, a terrible know, movie. We actually um, have a little trend of when we start podcasting to check IMDb at least once. Yeah, I think this is our IMDb segment. Pew, 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 IMDb <laughs> on the Food About Town podcast. Um, <laughs> Let's check Chris and Chris's memory. All right, so, yeah, we're going we're going Lake Placid. And re- for whatever reason, they didn't try to make it the one in the Adirondacks, although it was a generic Lake Placid. Yeah, it which, was a fairly small lake. Yeah, which I don't... If I recall. I mean, because they probably couldn't use the one there. No, probably not. Um, with all the you know all the tourists and stuff, not the yeah. secluded lake. <laughs> all right, Lake Placid, nineteen ninety nine. Was it that long ago? Yeah, we're old. <sighs> yeah, which is That's evidenced by my back. <laughs> you getting creaky? Yeah, oh, very. It is early in the morning though. Yeah, but I'm creaky. I'm I'm always creaky. Gotcha. Are you a morning person or an evening person? You know, I've become more of a morning person than I ever thought I would be. And yes, Betty White, Mrs. Yeah, Dolores Bickerman. That's right. That's right. Not that I would remember the name of the character. The only one I remember was Oliver Platt being in it. Mm. Actually, a pretty decent cast, considering. All right, we're going to stop talking about Lake Placid. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> so, Tutant, um, the black sheep, which uh, they do some amazing uh, work with meat and vegetables, and... It's uh, the guy just got nominated for a James Beard uh, Best Chef Northeast Award. Cool. Um, and it's the place is awesome. Steve Gedra is the the head chef there, and his wife Ellen does uh, a lot of the pastry work and bread work. Okay. Um, they also do these cool things called Midnight Mass, where you can show up uh, for a midnight dinner. You were there in Buffalo for I was. that when when we met up. I was, and it was it's a really interesting because they can um, they bring in different chefs and they'll do a you know, a multi, uh, multi-level dinner at midnight on a Saturday. That's late. Which, it is late. That means you're a night person. Uh, I am, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I just don't sleep that much. <laughs> so I'm a night person and I'm become a morning person, so. I'm kind of an afternoon person. You like the afternoons? <laughs> Except for when you're napping in the afternoon. Right, exactly. When right. I take my little uh, my nap based yeah. on my age. Your siesta, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're drinking coffee. We'll be talking about coffee shortly. Yeah, we can and, talk um, about coffee a lot. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, I'd say Buffalo Proper is still a fascinating spot. Oh, yeah. I like a lot of the small plate stuff they do. Um, the chef that used to be there, Ed Forrester, has moved on to another opportunity. but um, Locally? Yeah, locally in Buffalo. But the all I've heard is that the place is still, still doing fantastic work. And um, the other one, which it, the season's over, but um, Nickel City Chef, which I went down to, it's yeah. a... Chris Douglany Seishu's um, Iron Chef-like competition in Buffalo using all local ingredients, local chefs. Um, I went down for that, too. Yeah, it was, that was a, the same weekend, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a great experience. I really enjoyed it. I've gone a couple times, and I can't recommend it highly enough. They do a great job highlighting local ingredients. They've been doing it for, I think, it's nine years now. Hmm. And I tell you, they, they've done a fantastic job. I'm really impressed every time I go down, and um, her dedication to local food and the whole food scene is um, something I aspire to. I'm not sure I'll ever get to the level she's at, but um, she's a great person to know and one that does some amazing work. So Cool. Buffalo definitely has put itself on the map, I would say the last five to ten years even. Yeah. Um, every time you see the 
I won't use a proper name, but some big online magazine just rated Buffalo the top five places for millennials. Whenever you, know, you see those lists, it's always Buffalo. And I think what Buffalo has been doing the last few years is really um, increasing their food opportunities. Absolutely. And it's bringing people downtown. Yeah, and I think it's I think they're a full step beyond where we are when it comes to the restaurant scene. Really? A full? Yeah, I'd say a full step beyond where we are. Truthfully, um, and I, I, it's weird. I, I still don't understand. I'm, I've been to a bunch of places there, and I, I think it's really noticeable. Hmm. If you go to the some of the finer places, I think it's, I think it's a full step beyond where we are. Hmm. Um, I, I love the Rochester restaurant scene. I'm excited where we're going, and I'm excited what we're doing. But I think when it comes to these nicer places, I, I don't really see a comparison hmm. at this point. Um. And it's again not to knock the you know Rochester restaurant scene. I think there are some great chefs here, but it's I think we still have work to do, and I I think we can't be complacent on where we are and where we're going. Sure, um, and we still have amazing stuff to highlight. So um, yeah, it's, I think there's still more to do. I just think we can't be we can't assume we're great now. I can appreciate that. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think that's me right now. I mean, I'm excited to go visit the family this weekend, and nice. I don't. I'm trying to think what else is going on. Um, I'm excited to do more podcasts. My curling season's just about over too. So winter is typically when I see you a lot less. Yeah, uh, winter's difficult, and I'm excited about the excited about the uh, opening up of my schedule. <laughs> so I have Wednesdays and Thursdays open through the summer, and I I end up doing a lot more work on my food projects, which I very much enjoy. Speaking of Wednesdays, I'm going to topsy-turvy this again. Yes. Wednesdays and food projects in Rochester. Did I see that the food truck rodeo is going to be every Wednesday? No, I think they're doing once a month still. They are. Okay. I think so. I thought I saw something that said Wednesdays, and I thought, oh, my God. You know what? That would be interesting. Has it gotten that big? You know, it. they tell you the truth. The last, last year, they started doing two a month. Yeah, for two or three months, they tried yeah. two. And I think the second date kind of struggled. Did it? Yeah, at least based on the food truck owners I talked to. Okay. Um, the second one kind of struggled. I'm not sure if it was advertised very well. You know, people have been trained at this point, last Wednesday of the month right. is food truck day. Right. And I don't think they pushed the other one very cleanly. I don't think it got everywhere. Hmm. Um, so I think at this point, I would say they should probably edge towards keeping it once a month or so. Sticking with the, the schedule that works? I think so. And, and you know, it's weird because Buffalo does one every week at Larkin Square. Um, there's one every week at Larkin Square on Tuesdays. We should go to that. A hundred percent. I've never been. And I really feel I, stupid about I that. I have followed social media about it. I've always been curious. And, well, we should go after work some night. hundred percent. I'm very excited about it because it's, um, I haven't checked out a lot of the Buffalo food trucks before. And there's some interesting stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And um, as a, another cross-reference, I think uh, my buddies over at Buffalo Eats just did a update on their food truck guide to Buffalo. I haven't seen that. So if you want to, uh, if anybody out there wants to check out the Buffalo food truck scene, uh, Larkin Square is a great way to do it. Yeah. And uh, reading the Buffalo Eats guide is going to be by far your best way to learn more about it. Cool. Um, yeah, I think Buffalo Eats is now rounding into more content as well so i'm excited for them um i think i'm gonna pivot off of me (laughs) um and so and talk about food we'll talk about food so any full so first um 
your website is exploringupstate.com. It is. Um, anything you post about recently you want to talk about before we dive in? What have I posted about recently? I have a terrible memory. Yeah. I don't even know what I posted. <laughs> you know what I've been, uh, what I've been doing, um, and it's specific to food, is the Empire Crate. Yeah, I've been seeing more and more stuff you've been looking at in there. It's uh, yeah, one so of those they box started, things. Exactly. It was a, a subscription um, box that started last fall, and they live over on the eastern side of the state. It's a, a young couple, um, and basically what they do is they scour New York State for locally made food items, and uh, then you subscribe for however long you want this box. And in fact, I think you can even do one-offs if you want to just like send a gift to someone. And they create the Empire Crate, and uh, and they send you this box of New York foods. Which, I mean, it's a very popular concept right now, the whole uh, box in the mail concept. It is. So there's a couple things that I really like about the Empire Crate, because um, I've done some other subscription boxes, and, and uh, I wasn't as impressed as I have been with the Empire Crate. Um, one of the things that Empire Crate does that I like is they send full, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Full... They're, they're actual bottles. They're not sample bottles exactly. of everything. Exactly. It's not samples. It's the full product yeah. um, that you would buy in a store. Um, so I got uh, last month, I think, maybe two months ago, is uh, Guglielmo's sauce. It was a full jar of sauce. Right. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. Um, I did a subscription box in the past where I got samples, and you know, you use it once or twice, and it's done. Um, so this... Um, is a little bit more fun, I think, for that reason. Yeah. Plus, obviously, I like New York, and I like experiencing foods from around New York. I try to keep up on what everyone is doing all over the state. It's very, very difficult. You know, I'm not sure you've heard. It's a big state. <laughs> it's a humongous state. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's a lot of space. I mean, you... So I think your most recent one was Bath, New York. Oh, yeah. And But, like, you're going to all the small towns, and... Like people forget, it's not just Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse, and Albany upstate. There's so, there's so much. It's more. a huge state. There's tons of little towns with all their wacky little histories and yeah. I love the wacky little history. I know you do. But the other thing is a lot of these small towns have really, really wonderful little hidden gems, even with food. Like so, Bath. You, were, you since you mentioned the Bath Post, the Chattawile, um Diner. In, it's right on Main Street in Bath, and they make all of their baked goods right in house. They're known for their sticky buns. Cool. So you say to someone far outside of Bath, hours outside of Bath, to chat a while, and they're going to go, oh, sticky buns. Yeah, it's amazing the reputation that some of these small places get. Yeah. And it, it is because it's so, you get, it's just a great vibe when you get to a small town and people are doing things well. Yeah. Um, although I think this is going to pivot into our conversation. Um, there's, there's You're a all about the multiple pivot. I, you got to pivot. I yeah. love pivoting. Um, the, um, I think the biggest thing that we talk about is when it comes to places that are famous or places that are well known or have a great story, sometimes the things aren't actually that good. And I'm not talking about that place specifically because sure. I've never been there. I have no idea if their stuff's good or not. Sure. Um, my experience is a lot of these, um, I don't know what you want to call them, like hallmark spots or institutions Okay, tend to have a great story around them, mm-hmm. but sometimes the food and drink really aren't that good. <laughs> do you have, do you have an example in mind? Uh, I have lots of examples should, in mind. Are, should we not be using those examples? Um, 
you know what? I'll, I'll use one because I think the place has changed, and it's it's something I've written a long time ago. Okay. Um, uh, an example that I would use was when I went was Red Osier, the place okay, out yeah. in out in Leroy. Yeah. Um, I had a really bad experience out there. Um, and I understand. I that, remember you telling me about that. Yeah, and I understand the management's changed and they've changed the way they're doing things. So, don't take this as an aspersion on what they're doing now. I don't know. I haven't been in years. Okay. Um, but I had such a notably bad experience for a place that had such a good reputation, and it didn't live up to the hype. Yeah, and for how popular it was. Yeah. I mean, you go out there and they have this giant parking lot, and it's it was almost full on the night we went, mm-hmm. and we had such a bad experience. I'm like, how? How do people still go to this when it's this notably bad? Well, I I think there's probably a bunch of reasons. One of them is nostalgia. Yeah. Right? I think nostalgia is a big it's a big driver of people. The other one is probably I think the average person doesn't scour the internet looking for information about new places to go. Sure. So when someone has been going to Red Osier for years, Maybe things have slipped a little, but it's easier to just go back because there isn't a lot of decision or explore exploration or hunting or gathering data and information. Yeah, people like you and I love staying ahead of finding out all of that information. I like the new. I'm excited about different. I, totally. I, I want. I want interesting areas and stuff like that. But I don't know if the average person wants to constantly be reading blogs and listening to podcasts and looking at Instagram and following Twitter and yeah. tweeting back and forth and getting information about what chef is at this restaurant and who's going where. And yeah. sometimes, you know, someone like my parents, they're like, yeah, we should go to dinner tonight. Yeah. We haven't been to Red Ogier in a while. Let's go. Yeah. And I think my, my dad's truthfully the same way. It's, it's comfortable more than anything else. Being yeah. comfortable is so important. And knowing what you're going to get. I mean, there's no doubt that what you were going to get. It was identical every time. I'm not saying it was identically good every time, but it was identical every time. And that, that means a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. But I, I think the word comfortable that you just used is a concept that I've always incorporated into my side of the argument of whether something is good or not. Yeah. Sometimes, because it's comfortable and it's easy and it's convenient really increases how much I enjoy that food item. So if I'm going to a diner in the middle of nowhere and they don't have Joe Bean coffee right. and it's not uh, perfectly measured at the correct grind size with a pour over, that doesn't mean I'm going to hate it. In fact, I, it's almost like two different products. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like they're not both coffee, but I do enjoy them both. I think that's where we tend to that's where we tend to run a field a little bit. Right. You're like, I'm not going to any diner. <laughs> I'll starve. Oh, so I didn't I didn't I'm not drinking coffee that was that was brewed an hour ago. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of that stuff's true. Um, <laughs> so I went I did go to this place I'm not gonna mention by name. Um, okay. I, I did go to a I went to a diner recently and I realized again how much I dislike diners. As a general rule, yeah, almost almost uh, exclusively, unless they're doing something notably different. Uh huh. Um, I really dislike them in general. Such a shame. Uh, it's they're just not they're just not good. Yeah, but they're not. It's, it's, and, and I think this is where our argument uh, starts getting heated whenever yeah. we do this. They're not supposed to be. Well, it, the... so if you look at like the famous Roscoe Diner on Route 17 down in the Catskills. The menu is nearly the same as any other diner you're going to get anyplace else. Yeah. But it's famous. Is the food way better? Eh, not really. Part of the reason it's famous is, 
Am I? I'm doing better. Yeah, we're 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 adjusting. We're adjusting microphones here. Chris is distracted <laughs> I get now. Very distracted. <laughs> the Roscoe Diner is famous in many ways because it's really a stop off on Route 17. Okay. Um, because you can drive for two hours on Route 17 between like Middletown and Binghamton, and there's nothing. Roscoe's great because it's right in the middle, so people stop off and they go eat there. And I think a lot of it has to do with. You're on vacation, you're in the Catskills, you're stopping off at Roscoe's Diner, and it's fun, and food tastes better when you're having fun, right? You're with people. That I think that's an interesting... I, I like that you're trying to loop me in with the right. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure I could disagree more. I don't... I don't... I, I tend to not think things are better when it's an experiential thing. I, it's... I'm Maybe I'm too analytical you're about the whole an engineer. thing. Yeah, I'm a pain in the ass when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I there sometimes it is, you know, situation is important, but it's like usually it's like family things, mm -hmm. and like I'm not gonna like cast aspersions on my mom's cooking today, but like I could <laughs> idea for Easter weekend, and, and I'm gonna I'm going to do it slightly. Like she has dishes that I would never change. I couldn't change because they're that's how they're supposed to taste because I've eaten them all my life. Yeah. So I'm not saying I don't have any of this in me, but it's very limited and specific. Like I would never change, like my mom makes these things called beef dumplings. Okay. Like by any measure that I have of like other food, they're not good. Um, you know, it's it's a you know, it's a shortening dumpling with a pad of butter inside with meat. That's it. And then they're boiled in wrappers. I don't see how that could be bad. It's amazing. Yeah, it sounds great. And then you take them out and um, you salt the shit out of them. Okay, it's, they're getting better. And that's they're it. only getting better. That's it. You put a little bit of the water from the dumpling boil on top. Yeah, I don't see the problem. They're amazing. It's one of my favorite things I ever eat. And the last time we were down there, I don't. I might have told this before, but um, last time we had them at home, um, Carrie, my wife, she did some adjustments. Like she put pepper on, she did some garlic, and... It tasted better. And I'm like, I can't do that. I can't. It's not it's not the way it should taste. And I you can't I can't do it differently. Hmm. You know, it's I, I have nostalgic things, but they're so limited on where they are and what they are. So once you've decided that something is good, yes. Will you ever order it differently at a restaurant? What do you mean by that? Um, let's say you go to a barbecue place and yes. they have five different barbecue sauces. Yes. And you have something that is just outstanding with one particular sauce. The next time you go, do you only get that sauce and, and that, uh, selection off the menu? I would, I think you're looking at it differently. I think the first time I went there, I would take the bottles of sauces, try all of them individually, and decide which one was acceptable. That's actually, so um, I have been to many barbecue <laughs> places with Chris. That's exactly what he does. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it takes me a second, like, how do I tackle that? I'm like, oh, yeah, I do this every I, time. Yeah. I taste. I Give will me taste, all the bottles. Yeah. I will taste every sauce, and I will put on which sauce is okay. Or there might be more than one. It's not very common that more than one is good. Um. Again, not to cast dispersions at any specific barbecue place in and around Rochester. Oh. Um, but, you know, very, very few places balance their sauces well because people like sweet candy sauces, yeah. which I don't understand. 
You like a smokier, smokier, savory. savory. Yeah. Um, my maybe my ideal sauce, and again, I'm not sure it's perfect or not, but the one I like the most is Kentucky Greg's in Buffalo. I've never been there. I think I've only done Fat Bob's. Okay, another place Smoke we Bob's. should go to. I think this is Kentucky Greg. This is the kind of place you would love. Okay, and I'm, also I, I do love. love barbecue. They do their sandwiches on Texas toast, oh. and their sauce is like almost my ideal sauce. Okay. Again, I haven't had in a while, but all right. Another trip. another one I grew up on. Okay, was that place? That was one of my family spots. We need a psychologist in on this conversation. It's a weird, it's a weird balance. Yeah, uh, but I think this one I can still say stands up to any other sauce I've had. Okay. I think it's a ketchup based sauce, truthfully. Uh, Which that, weird? I do find that interesting. Though. Weird. I don't like ketchup on anything. Yeah. Other than French fried potatoes, and possibly tater totted potatoes. Hmm. I'm not sure that's a that's a verb. Yeah. Tater totted. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, well, sure. Yeah. Fine. Um, <laughs> so. So we have to then agree to disagree. Yes. That something that is good is uh, subjective. Yeah, and I because think, I think what you have always uh, believed and have tried to force on me, yes, is that w- uh, food that is good is not subjective. There is an objective, yes, uh, criteria for determining whether or not a food item is good, and if it doesn't meet that criteria, it's absolutely just off the list and shouldn't be uh, ingested. You know, in a lot of ways, I still feel I I feel pretty strongly about that. And it's really specific things. Well, there's a lot of specific things I feel that about. <laughs> they're, they're all specific. It things. might be. It might be almost every specific thing. Um, you know what? I'm I'm a researcher by nature. I right. like I like reading. I like understanding. And my favorite. I've mentioned him a lot of times. My favorite food writer is um, Kenji uh, Lopez Alt. He's uh, the I think he's the editor at Serious Eats, mm-hmm. uh, which is a website. I have his book. And his main column on the website is called The Food Lab, where he breaks down recipes and optimizes them. Um, kind of like if you've ever watched, um, oh, there's a show on PBS, America's Test Kitchen. Okay. Uh, stuff like that. And it's breaking down recipes and turning them into the best version of what they are, or dishes, and saying, how do you make this better? But wouldn't he take your mom's dumplings? And just tear them apart? 100%. And I would, too. If I were to make them myself, I guarantee they would be better. But you've already said that they are so amazing that they can't be better. If I'm, if I'm being objective, truly objective about it, I can make them better in every single way by doing them differently. But what's wrong with how they are now, if they're amazing? To me, Nothing. But if I'm being purely objective about it, they could be better in every way. <laughs> it's too early in the morning for this mind bend. Be, so, for example, like the meat is not, it's not seared before it's put in. You're losing flavor there. Sure. The meat's not seasoned before it's put in. You're losing flavor there. Um, there's no herbs. There's no garlic. There's no anything. I could make this objectively better. Is there a balance between you and I? Uh yeah, I think so. I think most people are balanced between you and I. Um, <laughs> We're the unbalanced ones? Probably. I, I know I am. 
I know I'm not balanced when it comes to this stuff. I think a lot of people, I I'm, I have some of that. You know, there's there's some things I have nostalgia for. Yeah. And you go back to, but if I, I can try and separate it, which is I think an important thing to do in a lot of aspects of life and in food and drink is trying to remain objective and not let nostalgia and emotion cloud your objectivity. Again, that's my engineer logical sense sure. coming in yeah, yeah. is looking at it objectively and making a decision based on facts. And if you, if you're trying to optimize flavor, there's proper ways of cooking and proper ways of doing things. Sure. And I think that, that I think it's the biggest area where we fall apart is I think there really is a best way of I think there's a best way of roasting coffee. Sure. Based on our current knowledge of coffee, I think there's a best way of roasting it. But does that mean the better way of roasting it is no longer enjoyable? And I I know that uh, this is part of the conversation that we've had before is the absolute best coffee bean uh, with the best roast, the best brew, everything. Does that mean that something is not the best is just no way I don't want it? I, I struggle with that a lot. Uh, to me, yes. Yeah. I, I It's hard for me because I, I really try to enjoy the things that I, to enjoy the things that I go out and consume or drink or whatever. Mm-hmm. I really try to enjoy it. And it's hard for me to choose a place that doesn't do things the right way because I have options that are good. That means we I'm con- have a lot. So, and that's one of the things that I've been thinking of during this conversation is we have a lot of options in Rochester, especially for coffee. If you're in the middle of the Adirondacks, like you don't have these options. No, you so definitely does don't. Does that mean you find a coffee shop like the nearest one that might be the nearest one within like an hour and a half drive, and you're like, yeah, I'm not having coffee? Um, to me, yes. Yeah. I won't. I just won't have coffee. Um, if I can't get to coffee I like, I just won't have it. Um, <laughs> you don't drink daily though. I don't. Yeah. Um, you know, I did. I started doing that a while back, and I stopped. It's probably healthier. Yeah, and it's also just because I, I had to get stuff I liked, and one I knew I couldn't make it at work. Yeah, because the effort of making coffee at work is uh, a bit difficult. The effort of making proper coffee at home is tedious yeah i mean we we made we made coffee before the podcast today yeah and uh shout out to well, what's the, what's the name of the place we're, we're drinking lucy joe's coffee okay yeah she sent me a whole bunch of coffee yep. uh, and I've been, I've been having a really good time um brewing it up all sorts of different ways and uh, where, where are they located they're over on the uh, eastern side of the state what is the na- exact name of the the old reach over and read he's grabbing coffee this is the play-by-play of the coffee reading. Uh, Hebron, New York, or Hebron. Hmm. I'm not familiar. Hebron, New York, location-wise. Yeah, it's over in the uh, like the capital region. Okay. So, and this is this is definitively um, second wave style coffee. It is. And again, I'm saying second wave, meaning like a lot of the cafes you go to, uh, you know, the classic loungy cafes with some will have a medium, light, and dark roast. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a breakfast blend, and probably mostly dark. Yeah, and it's dark, most dark roasts are particularly uh, very popular, common. I think in those very those common scenarios, and it's stuff like this where I can drink it and I say, "Oh, this is this is coffee," and this isn't um, this isn't my preference. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of this style of coffee. Yeah. I'm drinking it, and I can I can enjoy it mm-hmm. a little bit, 
but the biggest thing in my head is I would rather be drinking good stuff. Sure. Um, and that's not to say, I mean, for this style, that's me. That's smelling. <laughs> that's the smelling noise. You know, it's, it's perfectly acceptable. Second wave coffee style. It's, it's better than I thought it would be. It's, it's hard because I, I get such negative things in my head about things that aren't the best. And we've experienced this, I think, um, in the past where I sometimes uh, am surprised that you haven't even tried something yet. And you're like, yeah, I know I'm not going to like that just because I'm guessing based on the brand that it's not going to be someone who's been competing in roasting competitions and has gone to origins to see the farm where the bean has been uh, grown. And you're like, nah, I don't like it. I'm usually right, though. With that being said, (laughs) I have found myself able to enjoy um, all different levels of skill and product. Yeah. Um, And and, and I really like this. As a cup of coffee, this is a great cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, Would it be winning an international coffee brewer's uh, first place award? Probably not, but that's also not what they're going for. Yeah. So uh, um, I used to work at Tent City. I'm not sure I'm... I forget that closed uh, actually before you came to Rochester. Tent City was at at one point one of the coolest destinations in the entire city and was around for decades. I'm interested. It started out as a... um, a uh, like a, a military surplus store. Okay, down on Lyle and Dewey Ave. Nice, and uh, and then it turned into a camping store, and then it was like sort of an EMS uh, type thing. Okay, um, and then went out of business. Uh, they opened a second location in Webster, which is where I worked for a few years. But anyway, um, people used to ask me like, "What's better, canoeing or kayaking?" Yeah, what do you mean? What's better? They're very different, and they're both going to get you to your destination, and you're going to have a great time. You're going to use different parts of your body while you're doing them. You're in the water, so there's a lot of similarities, but they're very different. Um, So I think to compare a second-wave coffee roaster against a third-wave coffee roaster is almost unfair because that's not what they're doing. And it's weird because I do that with some kinds of food as well. Sure. Like, um, for example, I found this interesting uh, Dominican place in a – um, what, what I guess I would call a corner store almost, um, uh, one stop meat market on J street. Okay. Um, and I'd call it almost like a corner store, but it has a, has a meat counter. They've got, I believe it's a food link, fresh produce stand inside. Huh. Um, you know, food link provides, they work with local corner stores to get fresh produce into areas that don't have grocery stores. Yeah. It's a non local nonprofit organization. Yep. Um, and you know, when I when I eat that kind of food, I don't expect it to be individually seared because it's that style of food. I try to appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's it is I don't know why I don't know why I do that necessarily with other things. But it's because it's I guess because it's a cultural thing, I don't treat it the same. You mean, not, the, you mean the corner store is a cultural not thing? Not the corner store, but that kind of food, like Dominican okay, food or yeah. Puerto Rican food yeah, yeah. or Jamaican food. Like, if I take that, again, objectively, I'd say, you know, it could be better if you did this, 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 and this. But I don't always treat it as harshly as I would um, dishes from a new American restaurant or 
uh, coffee roasting mm-hmm. or things like that. I'm not sure why I do that. Um, now, now we're again, now we're getting into psychology. Yeah, but, we need a psychologist. We need um, a third person at this table. But I'm not sure why I do that. But I think I accept it more for what it is because that's how it was done. That's how they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I take it as all right. This is how they typically do this, and I'm okay with it, and I enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it's hard for me for for coffee because I can see where it would be better, and I just see it more distinctly. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure why that is. Um, now, with that being said, there is plenty of coffee that I do not want to drink. Yeah, my, my like my parents' house. Any any <laughs> no we're, we we've been talking about our parents and their food. Yeah, my parents have terrible swill water. Caught it's not good. Yeah, so I'll, I I don't even know what they brew. It's Folgers or Maxwell House or something, yeah. and they'll brew it in the morning and let it sit there for six hours and then microwave a cup. And yep, I I can't I cannot do it. So the thing my dad says he does it to annoy me because he knows I don't like it. <laughs> he says, "Oh yeah, it's fresh. I brewed it yesterday. <laughs> 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 just." Just warm it up. It'll be fine. It's great. <laughs> um, so I do draw the line. Yeah. I think my line is much uh, lower. That's yeah. all. And, be, and also, like, when I say, like, this isn't my style, I'm sure this place is very popular, and this is the kind of coffee most people want when they say they want coffee. Yeah, it is. They want this. Yeah. Um, this is the stuff they want to brew at home because it's definitely better than a generic Folgers or Maxwell House. It is eons. And in a lot of ways, I would take this over Starbucks too, because Mm -hmm. it's not brutally over roasted. Right. And it's, it tastes like coffee and it tastes like the coffee most people want. Yeah. They'd be thrilled to have. You put some milk in it, you put some sugar in it, and you're going to really like it for most people. So if, if we're going to move on soon, there's one more point. I think we should. Okay. There's one more point that I want to include in this discussion. It's one that I think we have talked about uh, off the record in the past. It's price point. Yeah. Um, and I think that that should be part of the criteria that goes into whether or not I enjoy something. And you, you know that I'm a cigar guy. Yeah. I've had Cuban cigars that have cost $50 for a single stick. They're not five times more enjoyable than a $10 stick from the Dominican Republic. Right. They're not $40 more enjoyable. Um, So for me, who works at a nonprofit um, that doesn't have an endless amount of money, I can't be going out and getting like a $15 bowl of pasta every single meal. Um, Handmade, uh, you know, you're smirking. You already know what I'm talking about. Of course, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. And I'm going to uh, name but, the place because it's awesome. It is awesome, and it's, it is really it's good. But Fiorello at the public market. There, it's sure. it's simple pasta, and it's not cheap because it's you know local sourced grains and perfectly done. And it's a place I adore and I love going to. But I understand when people look and like, oh, that's all right. It's pasta and cheese and pepper, and it's twenty bucks, eh, fifteen, fourteen, fifteen, whatever. Maybe. And it's you know it's not it's not cheap compared to you might go to a place that might be nine dollars somewhere else or eight dollars somewhere else. Sure. So back to coffee then. Sure. So you have a third wave, twelve ounce bag of coffee for twenty bucks. Yeah, it's and, almost up to there now. Yeah, and if you're ordering online, it's like eight bucks to ship. Yeah. Like how how can you afford to drink that? Like every single day, a couple di- times a day. Right. I can't. There are probably people who are. Um, it's not good for my 401k to be doing that. Yeah. 
Um, so I really enjoy the variety of trying all these different coffees, realizing that not all of them are $30 a bag. Yeah. And it's, you know, it is getting more expensive. I mean, you go to the, you go to the specialty coffee roasters and you're talking, you know, 17, $18 for a 12 ounce bag. Yeah. That's, that's the standard now. Yeah. I mean, 16 or more almost always. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, certainly not cheap. And I guess that's also part of the reason why I don't, I don't drink coffee every day. Because um, of the price? Uh, you know, it's partially that. Um, also, it's just time. For me, I don't wake up early enough to make coffee at home it before I leave. time-consuming. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I, do, I do consider value when I do things, but I think quality does mean more to me. Um, but I, I do consider price point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they're sacrificing quality, there is a balance to where that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I always, I do, it's always in my head. Yeah. Like quality over anything. Yeah. Um, I guess I've always been that way when it comes to food. I've always looked for the best. And I'm too emotional. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, even before I started becoming a, a food nerd, like I always try to find the best pizza in town or the best, yeah. even it was like the best Americanized Chinese food at yeah. the time. I remember I was always, I would go to different places and try to find the best. Um, and now I look back and I'm like, oh, geez, I can't, there isn't a best. <laughs> well, the best has changed too, because you've yeah. learned more and you've experienced more. Right. Um, so I think that's what we were talking about, um, at one point with coffee and I, I know that we're going to move on, but yeah, 15 years ago, second wave coffee was the best. So it's very possible that For sure. 15 years from now, people are going to be laughing about that swill water third wave coffee that we drink now. Yeah, and that's why I said I mean, it's the best I know of now. It's the best I understand there to be now. And I think based on the rigor that's put into it now, that it it is much closer to the optimal than we've ever been before. And I think that's that's where I like people that put that rigor, the, even the scientific rigor into things. Mm -hmm. And... Try and really optimize it, and that's, I guess, where I really enjoy it. I like that yeah. level of detail where a lot of people would like, oh, that's 5,000 words about beef stew. <laughs> Don't you just put stuff in a pot and cook it? About Rochester bagels? Uh, I, yeah, we could definitely do that. Mm. And so <laughs> this morning before we started the podcast, I drove down to uh, get bagels, and I drove to Bagelland. <laughs> and... I drove by Chris's house to get there and I drove all the way down and all the way back. Um, because for me, that's right now, that's my choice for best bagel in Rochester. And by the way, this year we are doing a breakdown of the city newspaper best of. Yeah. We are doing that podcast. Mark's pizza isn't going to be the winner. Mark's pizza is not going to be the winner. Sorry, Mark. Or Wegman's bagels. Wegman's bagels are not going to be the winner. I think they won last year. They might have. Um, and we're, we are going to do a breakdown of the city newspaper best of this year Fun. on the podcast. And we're, I'm going to say who should, who I think should win the categories. And then we'll see if the, those are things actually get picked. So we're, we're going to break it down in a complete way this year. Oh, a pre, a pre podcast. Oh yeah. A pre, okay. Yeah. We're going to do an analysis on who should win and it. who you should be voting for. I'm in. So that's definitely coming this year. I'm very excited about that. Um, and yeah, let's let's take a quick break, um, and we'll come back, and we're going to talk a little North Winton Village before we stop for today. Cool. 
Hey everyone, I want to take a second to talk about a new project I'm part of that I'm really excited about called Frankly. Frankly's trying to bring transparency to food sourcing for restaurateurs, farms, and people that produce specialty goods. We want to make it easy to know that people are doing things the right way and to make it easy for people to find the places that are doing things the right way so you can grow your business because you care about what you're doing. If you have any interest in this product or just want to know more about it, you can email me stromie at p-h-r-a-n-k dot l-y or check out the website frankly p-h-r-a-n-k dot l-y and we're back so i wanted to talk for a little bit about uh, north witten village and some of the interesting changes that have been going on in and around our neighborhood yeah, it's uh, things are kind of popping now. My property value is going up. I'd imagine it would be. <laughs> uh, we're getting, uh, you know, Northwinton Village. For me, I'm, I moved in. I'm technically not in the Northwinton Village no, because I'm I'm in Aronicoit. Yeah, um, but I'm three blocks outside of Northwinton Village, mm-hmm. and I like to consider myself part of that because who likes to rep Aronicoit? You know, <laughs> no offense to Aronicoit. It's a it's a fine area of town. It is, um, but. You know, North Winton's kind of, that's where I, I go through it all the time. Well, what's weird where you are in Arondequoit is you're sort of separated from Arondequoit. Yeah. I mean, you have highways that are sort of cut you off from Arondequoit. Right. Um, so you're way closer to the city than you are to Arondequoit. Yeah, I'm so much. In Arondequoit. Yeah, so much closer. Like, if you consider, like, you know, the high school and, like, I-square all in the middle of Arondequoit. Right. That's a almost a 25-minute drive. Yeah. <laughs> We're we're in the middle. We're we're right in the lower right hand corner yeah. of Veronica. I'm so much closer to North Winton Village, so that's kind of my. I consider that where we are. And when we moved in here three years ago, three nope. years ago, no, yeah, I think it's been three years now, almost two and a half, maybe. Yeah, it's probably been two and a half, but two and a half, three years, and it's, you know, when we moved in, it's changed a lot. You know, it's at least it's starting to change more now than it has in the past. Um, it, it was relatively static, from my understanding, for a while before we got here, and now things are starting to things are starting to open in our neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, I think the North Winton Village in Rochester, having been born and raised in Rochester, North Winton Village has always been one of the um, best places to live, mm-hmm. particularly particularly if you're a young person. Um, Property values have always done well in this neighborhood. It has been rated the safest neighborhood in the city year after year. Um, so I think there have always been some food institutions that have done well. Yeah. Um, there are long-standing uh, restaurants that have been here forever. Yeah. Um, but we are, in the last couple of years, starting to get um, some fresh faces. Yeah. Uh, which is really fun. Yeah, I think so. And it's started... Uh, I don't know if it started with the ginger line is one. Yeah, they uh, the opened last shop, year. Um, um, all handmade stuff, handmade waffle cones. Nice place, nice people. Yeah. Um, they're doing the whole seasonal ice cream thing, so they opened, what, the beginning of April, right? Yeah, probably. Um, so they opened the beginning of April. This is their second season. They didn't even do a full season last year, so this is probably their first full year mm-hmm. uh, open. And that's... Uh, Right across the street from, you know, if we're talking landmark places like the Winfield Grill, it's like right across the street from there. Been there forever. Yeah. Winfield Grill. And yep. by the way, a huge place. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely giant. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that was one that opened last year. 
And, you know, the big news around Rochester is that, you know, this Aldi's is coming in. Although yep. we haven't, there hasn't been a lot going on with that yet. No, they leveled everything. And I don't know if they're waiting for some, I don't know if they're waiting for something to settle or what it is, but yeah. it's been leveled for months now. Yeah. Uh, which replaced a Rochester institution. Yeah, that was sad. Because I know you, were, I know you were a fan of that place. Absolutely, it, but it was a diner. It was a diner, <laughs> so you wouldn't have liked it. Yeah, you know, we went a couple times, and it was it was of diners. It was one of the better classic diners. Yeah, um, and which people can still get all that same food if you're not familiar uh, with Jim's on Main. Right, right across. Which they the... recently they renovated it not that long ago because they had a fire there. Correct. Um, they may have had a fire. I definitely know that they closed for a few months and renovated. Yeah, I don't know if it was a result of a fire, but that sounds familiar. Yeah, so it's over on Main Street. Um, still that classic, you know, the classic stuff. And I think it's very popular on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, so that closed, and um, uh, just and then you know, what? What else? Opened? Blossom Road Pub opened. Oh yeah, yeah. They didn't opened. You, didn't you have them on your podcast? I did. Yeah, yeah I had the guys over. And you know they're doing a lot of the classic, uh, classic bar style food, um, with little twists here and there, which is which is nice. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to get stuff that's not um, that's not bar food in and around here, which I think is a welcome addition. Truthfully, yeah. Um, what the uh, silver iguana? Silver iguana. They just opened in the former Brunello wine bar spot. Like they opened like two days ago. Two days ago. And they're doing um, tequila and tacos. Mm-hmm. Um, looked at the menu. I'm really interested to check it out and see how they're doing. I know it's early, so it's not like you go in and you analyze right away for a full review. <laughs> but um, I tried going yesterday, and I could not get a spot in and around that area. You walk. I could. We're a very walkable neighborhood. We're becoming a walkable neighborhood. It would be that would be a longer walk for you than it would be for me, but you can park at my house. Yeah, for you, you can definitely walk there. Yeah, yeah, it's um, probably about a mile walk for me. Yeah, I think we're we're getting to be more walkable. You know, people talk about it as a walkable neighborhood, but there wasn't there was a limited slate of things to walk to, mm-hmm. and I think now we're getting more things that you want to walk to. Yeah, definitely. Um, and this it's a great addition to that because it's uh, because it's something different in the neighborhood. It's, so, I don't. Uh, uh, we've already mentioned this, and I I know this better than anyone. My memory is terrible, especially with time. Mm. Um, but I, it was sometime last year that I read an article by the mayor. It was a letter by the mayor of the city of Buffalo, and they had some event down near Canal Side, which is a very hopping section of Buffalo. It's amazing. It's uh, amazing how that development has changed that area. And that and that's exactly what the mayor was talking about was people were complaining about traffic and parking. Yeah. People were saying there's no place to park. There's no this is this is baloney. I don't know if I can swear on your Oh, on I think you podcast. can and should. This is bullshit. Yeah. There's no place to park. And the mayor basically said, Hey, do you remember ten years ago when this was an empty, like nothing and no one would come down here? He's like First, we basically had to build all of these really great things. Now we have people coming to them. So now we can tackle the problem of transportation and getting people to all these places. So yeah. um, th- there is this sort of checking in the egg uh, scenario of do we have really great places or do we have traffic? And if you have both, that's sort of a good problem to have. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think it's a much better problem to have that you have places to go to that everybody's excited about. Yeah. It's 
it makes such a big difference in and around a neighborhood. So uh, speaking of North Winton Village and parking, mm-hmm. there's plenty of parking over by the Carlson building. Yeah. And that's kind of the new, that's the new exciting thing that's popping up in in, in and around our neighborhood. Yeah, radio, well, I, radio social. Radio social. I'm, yeah. I, I got to stop in last week briefly mm-hmm. uh, to check out the space, and it is really something. Yeah, it's hu- it's humongous, and I didn't realize how big it was just from looking the outside. Yeah, I think they're opening not that long from now. They're, I don't think there's an opening date yet. There is a preview party at the end of the month, right? Uh, Which I believe twenty third. I believe something. we're both going to. I have an invite. Yeah, yeah. So I believe we'll we'll both be there. Okay, um, I'll, I'll and, be there then. Okay. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I just RSVP'd. Um, and. I mean, the space is really something. I mean, 34 lanes of bowling. Yeah. Um, bunch of indoor activities, games. Two bars. Two bars, um, Mediterranean-style food. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I have a better read on what kind of food it is. That's the best that I've gotten. Yeah. Um, but it's it's exciting to have something more to do in and around our area. I wasn't that excited when I heard about it originally. Like, oh, I don't bowl. And but now that I've seen it and I see what's going on there, I'm like, oh, it's a place to hang out with stuff to do. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not just bowling. Yeah, and that was, um, it's a really nice thing because there's so many places where you just go and you're just drinking. Agreed. And as you know, because I don't drink, right. I typically don't go to those places. Absolutely. If you're going where the goal is only to drink, I'm bored. Yeah. And I like that there's more to do there. Yeah. And it's 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 a way to facilitate hanging out and just talking or whatever. Yeah. But it's it's a big space and there should be space for everybody, mm-hmm. which is I guess the coolest thing about it. Yeah, it's exciting. Um and of course the design's really nice and it's it's very pretty inside. <laughs> um it's actually it's an interesting cross between like classic bowling alley and um stash design. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot of mid century colors and, and design stuff in there but yeah. there's it's, plenty it's, of the edison bulb look too yeah that's for sure yeah um it's it's a cool spot and once they open i would definitely recommend going and checking it out and seeing what they're um you know what they're doing in the neighborhood and they're i think they're opening a there's a comedy club opening on the other side of that oh, building right. as well yeah, yeah yeah um guy that used to run the comedy at uh, the comedy club in webster yeah. um they're opening a uh, i think a fully a full-size comedy club, multiple stages on the other side of that building, mm-hmm. which um, it's ambitious for sure. Um, I think they're trying to bring in some of the bigger acts into our area, which we've kind of been struggling with, I think, a little bit. Because either you go to the um, auditorium theater mm-hmm. or you have to go to a small, uh, like the comedy club or the new uh, improv that's attached to Sticky Lips. Right. Um, so I think they're trying to meet the um, regular touring comedian size, yep. which would be nice. I mean, I'm a, I'm a comedy fan, and I think that'll be a really interesting addition to the area. Sort of compete against somewhere like Helium in Buffalo, where they bring in a lot of big names. So I think we're trying to keep Rochester on the map when it comes to stand-up comedy, which should be, I think, pretty awesome. Yeah. M- Mark Ippolito is the guy... Correct. Behind that. And he was also the guy who was very instrumental, maybe manager, not owner, manager of the place that was in the plaza off Winton Road near Brighton Henrietta Townland Road years ago. This was before you moved to Rochester. So oh, really? he's been involved in the comedy scene in Rochester 
for decades. See, I didn't know that. I knew he was he ran the place in Webster. Yeah, yeah. Prior to that, he ran the place over there. Oh, I didn't we know that. We went to high school together. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that he was involved in the other in that one that was down there. Yeah, that plaza, which is almost completely yeah, I dead can't now. Remember the name of the plaza? Well, I think it's a lot of. Um, I think there's a lot of like contractor businesses. Yeah, like if you need linoleum or. Right, flooring or something because it used to have more stuff. It used to have that that comedy place, yep. which I think now is actually a downstairs cabaret. Oh, is that where they moved? Yeah, of course. There's the one still downtown, uh, off of Main Street, and I think there's the one in that plaza. Um, there used to be the Scotch and Sirloin. Oh yeah, which used to be in that plaza. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not not a lot down there for front facing customers anymore. Right, there's like a kitchen and bath store, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Fox's Deli is still there. Is it really? Which is a long-standing Rochester institution. I had no idea it was down there. Yeah. Yep. I got to guess a place I've never been to. Yeah, I think it used to be a fully kosher deli, and now they've sort of relaxed a little on okay. that. It's been a few years since I've been. Yeah. And I've heard a lot about it, but I guess I never knew where it was. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah, and uh, the other place I stopped into uh, recently was the Winton Village Wine and Spirits, which is... Um, Right just south of, where where would you say that is? I mean, it's just north of just north just of Blossom. Of, yeah, just north of Blossom. Yeah, yeah, it's between Blossom and Balsam Bagels. Yeah, it's right near. Um, oh, what else? Yeah, it's right near Balsam Bagels. I think is the best one yeah. uh, to describe it. Um, and it's it looks like you know any other uh, liquor store from the outside, but their selection inside is actually really nice. I got a chance to talk to the owner for a few minutes when I went in, and. Um, Compared to a generic, you know, city liquor store, it's good selection. The prices are competitive with the big stores. Okay. Um, you know, it's if you if you're in and around our area and you don't want to drive out to Henrietta or um, or Brighton to go to one of the bigger stores, it's actually a really good place to stop, and it's convenient to have it in and around our neighborhood versus driving a bit to get to one that you want to buy stuff at, and they're carrying good selection. It's obviously not as big selection as the giant stores. Sure. We're going out to Pittsburgh to the big Wegmans liquor store. Not that it's a Wegmans liquor store, of course. We can't say that. <laughs> Even though all the signs are Wegmans signs, and you can use your Wegmans Shoppers Club card in there. Can you? Yeah. Huh. But definitely not a Wegmans liquor store. No, no, no. no. What, what is it? What is it? Is I it don't even know what it's called. Lisa's Liquor Barn? No, actually, I'm not the- sure if that one is Wegmans owned. Well, I thought it was a member of the family. Okay, it might be. Um, the I'm one thinking in the one in, is the one that I'm thinking of. I'm thinking the one in Pittsburgh. Was it Century? I think is the big one there. Oh, the one I in the big Pittsburgh Plaza. I, I got to admit, I know nothing about liquor stores. I know you. Yeah. I know you don't. I think it's Century, but it's it's one of the biggest ones, and it's run by Wegmans. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's it's for a neighborhood liquor store. It's really well stocked, and I'm I was actually really impressed. Good. So. Um, definitely recommend stopping in there. Um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying the change that's coming into our area. Absolutely. I don't know about you. I mean, it's I'm totally enjoying it. Yeah. Again, if for no other reason than my property values are <laughs> doing fine. Um, but no, I, I when I was looking for a house, I wanted a place where I could walk to do things. Yeah. Um, and I definitely have that in the North Winton Village. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm very excited about it, and there's still classic places around too, like uh, Captain Jim's. I know is still kicking and still yep. doing a lot of business. Yeah, 
uh, fish market. They do, you know, the giant fish fry style thing, yep. which a lot of people still enjoy. Yeah, definitely a lot of people, okay. especially this time of year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I grew up in Buffalo, and Friday fish fries was, it is and was a thing. Absolutely. And it's so ingrained into the consciousness of Buffalo. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, Lent season or not. It's one of the most popular restaurant things in the city Yeah, is Friday fish fries. Yeah. I know my grandparents, I don't think they have religion in their, in their lives, but Friday fish fries is a thing. Yeah, no, it's definitely a, a New York cultural thing. Is it all of New York? I'm, I guess I'm not super familiar with Rochester. At least Western. Okay. Oh, definitely. It's definitely a Rochester thing as well. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I, I know There's people have Catholics it. around. Yeah. It's weird. Buffalo is such a, almost a cultural Catholic town. It is very culturally Catholic, especially old the old Polish neighborhood, like Broadway, Fillmore. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's odd because you, you go around it all the time and you forget how it's not that dominant a thing other places. Yeah. But in Buffalo, it's such... It's so ingrained in the town mm-hmm. that things like Friday Fish Fry became a year-round thing, and it just dominates. And Dingus Day, oh, it's, which, which I've, is Monday. I've never been down for it. Have you been down for it before? I haven't. Um, I've always wanted to go to Dingus Day. Okay. Uh, for those of you who are listening that don't know what Dingus Day is, it's a traditional Polish holiday held the Monday following Easter Sunday. Um and it's basically a way to say, hey, we've been on our great behavior for the last month, and we're going to let loose a little bit and have some fun the day after Lent a little season. Bit. A little bit. A little bit. Buffalo's Dingus Day is one of the biggest Dingus Day celebrations in the country. I think what they say, you know, from what I understand, I believe it's either the biggest or second biggest behind or ahead of Chicago. Oh, okay. Um, that, from my understanding, it's definitely it's it's huge, and it almost turns into a not quite St. Patrick's Day level celebration yeah. downtown in Buffalo. I have a friend who said, eh, "I don't know if it's going to be for you," and that's fair. It's probably not for me either. Yeah, because that's I'm not sure. There's things I hate more than the over the top St. Patrick's Day um, amateur drinking day extravaganzas. Sure, there are things that I hate more, but I definitely don't enjoy it. It's so, really close. Since we're talking about Dingus Day, I'm going to put in a plug for local. Oh yeah, Polska Chata, which is in Arundaquite. Yeah, does have a small Dingus Day celebration. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, good so for them. I think it's pro. I mean, it's a much smaller place. Sure, it's a much smaller crowd. It's a much smaller Polish population. So I think it's probably a little bit um, less um, hooping and hollering, and there's no alcohol in like water guns and stuff like that um so i I, I, if you're looking for a dingus day celebration in rochester um, yeah oh well this podcast won't be out by then go Uh, next year yeah it's uh, yeah it's but even so go to polska chata it's a cool little place in a in an old house and it's um i think it's our only polish representation one of the very I few. The, I think it's the only full restaurant. restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also a great market in there. Yeah. Are we? Are we just now just talking about general? Uh, we're talking about whatever we want. Just anything. But I think we're. I think we finished the Winton Village. Um, I don't. So this morning, early before we did this, I actually sent out a tweet and said, "Hey, if there's anything that anyone wants us to talk about." Yeah. Uh, so I've I've got a bunch of. All right. So we've so we've we've want. entered the. We've entered the question and answer portion of the Food About Town podcast with Chris Clemens from Exploring Upstate. 
<laughs> we, See, there's, look at there's a bunch of uh, really good ones. So, uh, so in the future, by the way, we're, we're going to do a full question and answer, and we're going to try and take some calls in a future episode. That would be fun. Yeah. How about Seymour uh, 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 on Twitter? He's, uh, yeah, Seymour. M-C-M-A-R. Favorite restaurant that's open in the last year or so? Ooh. Um, you know, I think Cedar's probably my f- most favorite new place that's opened. Okay. And that's over on Monroe, across the street from where C Restaurant is. Yeah. Um, Lebanese food, uh, fresh-made pitas, highly recommended. Do you have one? I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think of one of my favorite that's opened in the last year. My memory is so terrible. Um, so I, one of, I guess, the restaurants that I haven't tried yet that's opened in the last year that I'm very excited to know more about is the Rice Restaurant. I haven't been there yet. I yeah, love the concept. Uh, me too. So I'm going to say that that is my favorite that I haven't tried yet. Okay. And that's for those that don't know, it's in the Village Gate. It's run by uh, high school students. And I believe they're doing Dominican food, if I remember correctly. Sounds right. It's run by high school students, and it's a really great concept. So it's a R-Y-C-E in the Village Gate. Right. How about uh, J- 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 he's at G E N K A A R? Okay, Jen Carr. Yep. Uh, he wants to know cheap places with a pretty facade or expensive with a sense of good design. Interesting. Can can you say that again so I can think about it while you're talking? <laughs> cheap places with a pretty facade. Interesting. Um. That that's an odd question, and I believe, um, hmm, that's that's a hard one because a lot of the cheaper places are, uh, you know, in plaza like settings. Yeah. Like Marty's Meats is a good example of somewhere like that. Oh yeah, that it looks like a nice place and it's relatively affordable on the inside. But the food is amazing. It's awesome, and yeah. you know, with like sandwiches. And again, I'll I'll just keep on saying cedar because it's. A cheap place. It's in a plaza, but it, you know, it's a nice sign. It looks like a nice place. Yeah. Um, and what was the second part of his question? Or expensive with a sense of good design. You know, a lot of the new places that have popped up have a lot of nice design aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Nash is a pretty place on the inside. Yeah. Um, certainly not a cheap spot. No. Um, you know, next door is a really pretty place, and I'm, I've been more and more impressed with the food there. I know they're transitioning into a spring menu. Yeah, and I noticed you've been going there more lately. Yeah, and it's a it's a very pretty spot. I mean, it's a it's a very nice place to go. And um, you know, Avino too. I, and Avino is another place. It doesn't look like much from the outside, but the design on the inside is very lush and comfortable. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good design spots here in Rochester. I mean, you know, the Rev and right. Good Luck are both great examples as well. Yeah. Here's here's one from uh, Sheila Myers, and this is uh, this one might get me heated. Oh, I like it. Beef on Weck. Ooh, nice. Where's your best beef on Weck in Rochester? I'm not sure. No, <laughs> um, I haven't had a ton of them here. Um, you ever had Charlie the Butcher? I haven't. I haven't been to a ton of places in Buffalo because I supposedly the beef on Weck at Charlie and the Butcher in Buffalo is the best beef on Weck, even though it started at a place called Schwabels. And I've been to Schwabels. That's the place I know best. Okay. Um, which is in West Seneca right. in Buffalo. Um, and the place I understand is now very well regarded for it is Barbill Tavern oh. in East Aurora. They do a in East Aurora. Yeah, apparently they do a very good job. It's one of the Apparently one of the best wing and weck places in Buffalo. 
Really? Yeah, in East Aurora. I'm up for that. I love East Aurora. And that's actually... It's a cool little town. It is a very cool town. A lot of interesting spots there. Like um, Viddler's. Yeah, Viddler's is a very odd place. I'm sure you'd it adore is. it. It is. Oh, I love it. It's it's a lot of... Uh, it's Viddler's 5 and 10. Yep. It's a... You know, a knick and knack giant store with everything. It is humongous. Yeah, it's a huge store. Um, I don't know a ton of places locally that do it. I know uh, Angry Goat Pub does it mm-hmm. over on Goodman and Clinton. Mm-hmm. I've heard very good things about that. But I don't know a lot of places that are doing it like, you know, roast and rare and all that stuff. Right. Um, so I'm going to uh, mention quickly, I have been to a few places in Rochester, and I don't want to call them out. Sure. But I'll call them out on their actions. Mm-hmm. I've ordered a beef on Weck, and I realize that it's probably not one of their top-selling menu items, so yeah. they don't specifically stock a Kemmel Weck roll. Yeah. So what they'll do is they'll stock like a regular Kaiser roll, and they'll brush olive oil on the top of it and then throw salt and the Kemmel Weck seed on it so it, you can't see me doing this, but quote-unquote sticks. Yeah. That's infuriating. It's really not acceptable. It's absolutely 100% unacceptable. Yeah. Um, if you don't sell enough beef on Weck to stock an actual Kimowek roll, don't put it on your menu. Yeah, and I, I agree with that 100%. It's a, it's, it's a surprisingly, it's like a lot of things. It's easy. It's not that hard to do it right, but it's really easy to mess it up. Totally. Um, and there's nothing that messes up a really good sandwich for me, other than holding on to it, setting it down, and having my fingers be all like oily, covered with salt and Kimmel. Oh, it's so uh, infuriating. So for me, I think the important thing, if you're going to do it, is to try and get your beef not well done. Don't just like stew it in like commercial beef juice, and you know, do make your own make your own reduction. Do your do the beef not well done, and I think you you can do an amazing sandwich with it. But very few places take the time to do it right. Yeah. I'm not sure anybody in Rochester, I don't know anybody that does it that way specifically. One of the best beef on wax sandwiches that I've had close to Rochester is Batavia. Okay. Um, it's the Polka Dot Cafe. Okay. And they are definitely known for that, and it's totally worth the drive. Awesome. Yeah. How, how, long, how long have we been talking? I don't know. Hour 15? Is anyone still listening? I hope so. Do you want one more question? Yeah, I'll take all the questions. One more. There's one more question from okay. Emily. Serve me the sky on Twitter. Yeah, Emily. Our, our friend Emily, she said, Swan Market, best meats in town, Ooh. best Cubans. You know, okay, so. That's a, she's just those are all, separate she's just questions. Throwing, yeah, tons okay. of questions. So Swan Market question, yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. Swan Market is awesome. It's a. Traditional German. Yep, it's family. on. Was it on Parcells, I think? Yep. Um, and it's uh, just just west of Culver. On Parcells, uh, place is very, very busy all the time, mm-hmm. and it's an awesome German spot. They do a lot of traditional German butcher work, uh, sausages, traditional, um, you know, head cheeses. It's an amazing spot. I really love it. But what I like about it is the food itself is not, and this goes back to what we were talking about before. It's not just the food that's great. Is the experience of going to Swan Market is is really fun. Absolutely, you're sitting at these long tables where you might be sitting side by side someone that you didn't go there with, um, so you're a little close, and it's just sort of this fun, um, not traditional setting for Rochester. No. Um, sometimes is it on Fridays? There's a guy playing uh, some sort of music there. Oh, I could absolutely see music um, going on there. So. It's a great spot. So the answer to the question, Swan Market, is yes. Um, 
best meat in Rochester. You know, Swan Market's right up there. I really enjoy what they do. Um, but if I'm being analytical, uh, McCann's is destroying it with what they do. It's pretty tough to beat McCann's. Um, local meat. You can't beat McCann's meats. No, you can't. <laughs> is this, gonna, is this a gonna, G-rated podcast? I'm just going to let you laugh, and then I'm going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've mentioned McCann's a lot of times, I'm sure. Um, local meats, dry-aged in-house, sausages in-house, it's... It's a great spot, and if you haven't been, you just really need to. Their brunch on Saturdays is fantastic, um, and maybe the best pancakes in Rochester. Interesting. Amazing stuff. Um, I'm not a pancake guy, and I tasted my wife's, and they were really impressive. Hmm. Um, so I'd say if we're talking pure, I'd say McCann's is the best. And what was the last part of that question? She wanted to know about Cubans. We actually <sighs> talked about doing... And I don't know if I remember talk, talk, talking with Emily about this or talking with you about it, but we actually talked about doing like a Cuban tour. You know what? I, that would be it'd be a very short tour. <laughs> There's a lot of options. There's a lot of options. Uh, but I think the problem that both you and I have is that I'm not sure anybody really does it the traditional. My understanding of the traditional, now I'm not going to say Cuban way. I'm going to say the traditional South Florida way. Right. Because really, it's more of a South Florida thing than sure. a traditional Cuban thing. Um, and I've but, had one in South Florida, in Miami. Yeah. I've never been able to find anything that has emotionally brought me back. I don't think anybody's really doing it the, from my understanding, what the traditional way is, which is a marinated pork loin sliced ham, mustard, Swiss cheese, and pickles on a pressed Cuban roll. Right. I don't think anybody's really doing it that way. Almost everybody that does one here uses pulled pork, roast pulled pork. Um, I don't think anybody's doing the marinated sliced pork loin, which is my understanding the proper way of doing it. Um, I don't think anybody's really doing it that way. I don't know. I've, um, I'm trying to. Th- it's funny because right now, and I don't know if it's because I've only had one cup of coffee. I can only think of the sandwiches that I've had that are not good. Yeah. Um, I don't want to call out anyone who's doing it terribly, but so, there are some people locally. Yeah, and who I, claim I think they're doing it great. Right. There's a lot of there's a lot of Cuban sandwiches. I'm I'm quoting quote Cuban sandwiches here. Don't put shredded lettuce on a Cuban sandwich. No. And no. for God's sakes, do not put mayonnaise <sighs> on a Cuban sandwich. I know the place you're talking if about. If there's don't mayonnaise it. on it, it's not a Cuban. Get it out of my face. Yeah. Don't do it. And don't. It's it, there's you can take a sandwich and turn it into anything you want. And it's okay if you call it Cuban inspired or this or that, but it's not a, it's a defined sandwich. Um, A BLT sandwich, you know, is a specific thing. And at some point you have to say, this is a specific sandwich and it's not just a, whatever you want. A Cuban sandwich is a thing and it's a specific thing. Um, You can, you can call it whatever you want. I don't care. It's just not, it's not a Cuban sandwich. And I, I really would love a place to do it that way because i think it's a great it's one right up my alley in flavors oh it i mean mustard and pickles and pretty tough to beat that sandwich when it's done right um they're out of business so i can talk about them it was like Mm. 10 years ago i went to pellegrino's and got a cuban sandwich because i saw it on their menu board they were in east rochester and uh and i i didn't even all i did was i saw a cuban sandwich and i didn't look at the ingredients i just ordered it because i know what a cuban sandwich is Mm -hmm. i know what goes on it 
And I brought it over to my table and I unwrapped it and there's like mayonnaise slathered all over it. And I brought it back and I said, hey, um, you know, I think you accidentally put mayonnaise on this. And uh, he goes, it's a Cuban sandwich. It has mayonnaise. Um, By the way, they're still open. They are? Yeah. The one in Mount Hope. I didn't know there were multiple locations. Oh, the Mount Hope's the original. Oh, well, the East Rochester location went out of business. Yeah, the, it's the the originals on uh, on Mount Hope, right next to right, the distillery. Well, if we feel bad, we can edit that. The, no, edit I, I don't, and I I understand. I've actually ordered it there was before. So furious, he's like, "That's what comes on a Cuban sandwich." Oh no, God, no! And I've I've I actually have ordered it there, and I'll I say mustard, pickles, no mayonnaise, no anything else. Yeah, but then again, it's a pulled pork sandwich with ham, right, and cheese, and it's not. I think that it is very important that it be a sliced pork loin versus a pulled pork sandwich. It's not, that's not my understanding of what it should be. I've had it, I've had it myself in decent areas and it's an amazing sandwich. It is. And for, for people you mean that like that vinegar tang, that, mm-hmm. that mustard and pickles and it's, it's great. So I'm hungry. for the people out there, let's do a, let's do a Cuban sandwich, please. I'm so hungry. Let's do it right. I would love one right now. All right. So I think we're going to stop for today. Um, we've made, we've put these people through enough. I think so. So why don't you throw out a couple of words about yourself there, Mr. Clemens? Oh, my name is Chris Clemens. I was born and raised in Rochester. I like where, 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 where long, can they find you? Where, long where? walks on the, the Charlotte Pier. <laughs> Hopefully off the end. Uh, Insensitive um, dinners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> off the end. Off the end, yeah. I'm not coming back on this podcast. <laughs> All right, so Chris Clemens can be found on exploringupstate.com. That's, that's my website. You can find me on Twitter at C.P. Clemens. Yep. That's Clemens like Samuel or mm-hmm. Roger if you're a baseball fan. Um, or you can find uh, Twitter and Instagram is Exploring Upstate. Just Google it. Nice. And you can't Google it if you're on Instagram. Yeah, probably not. Search it. Yeah. So uh, Food About Town on Facebook, at Stromy on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for coming over, buddy. Thanks for having me. This is always fun. We got more podcasts coming up with regular guest, Chris Clements. (laughs) See ya.